This is Tennis Quick Tips, episode 170. Hi, it's Kim from TennisFixation.com. It's time for the Tennis Quick Tips podcast. With every episode, Tennis Quick Tips brings you a quick and easy tip to improve your tennis game and to make sure you're having fun every time you step on court. So today, I am talking about something that is so important to me. I think it should be important to every tennis player, but it's really, truly important to me, and I can't emphasize it enough, and I can't understand why other tennis players don't think this is as important as I do. But I hope by the end of this episode, I'm going to convince you why you need to know your tennis rules. Because if you don't know your tennis rules, you are giving away points. I know what you're saying. Another rules episode. But again, this episode is so important. Especially if you think the rules of tennis are boring and you don't carry a copy of them with you and you assume someone else will tell you the appropriate rule when the situation comes up. I want to make absolutely clear in this episode that if that sounds like you, you're giving away points. So let's get into it. The rules of tennis and why they are so, so important to know. So to start with, I'm sure it will come as no surprise to many of you when I tell you that one of the things I'm currently doing is volunteering on the board of my local tennis league. And one of my duties is to try and help players understand and properly apply the rules in their matches. So the situation I'm going to discuss in this episode came up through that volunteer job, but this comes up all the time. I've seen this on court in matches I've played myself many, many times, but let's talk about the email that set off this whole need to have a podcast episode. And I'm going to footnote here. My dogs are in the room with me. So if you hear any weird noises in the background, it's probably my dogs. Anyways, Here is an email I received, and I'm taking out any identifying information, and I've changed the wording just a bit because this was not sent to me as the host of the Tennis Quick Tips podcast. This person probably doesn't even know about the Tennis Quick Tips podcast because I'd like to think if she did, then she would never have had to ask this question, but If the person who sent this listens to this podcast, I don't want them to think I'm calling them out on what happened in their match. Their question just turns out to be the perfect example of how being unsure of the rules can result in you losing points. So here's what the email basically had to say. Hi, Kim. I played a doubles match today, and we had a situation where our opponents called a, quote, voice hindrance on my partner and I after they lost the point. According to the code, they have to call the hindrance immediately to get the point. 
They played the point, lost it, then claimed the point. Could you clarify the rule on this? Now, that seems like a pretty straightforward question that I should be able to give a straightforward answer to, right? In fact, it's very reminiscent of the issue that came up very recently in episode 167, which was called, Is My Opponent Creating a Hindrance by Talking? And I'll include a link to that episode in the show notes for this episode if you decide you want to listen in on that one to go a little bit more in depth on the talking on court thing. Anyway, the situation in episode 167 was not exactly the same, but definitely involved the same rules of tennis and the same code provisions. So let's just quickly review the hindrance rule to see what should have happened in my player's situation. Tennis Rule 26 addresses hindrances, and that rule says if a player is hindered in playing the point by a deliberate act of the opponents, the player shall win the point. However, the point shall be replayed if a player is hindered in playing the point by either an unintentional act of the opponents or something outside the player's own control. End of quote. So what the rules tell us is that a hindrance can be caused by either a deliberate act or an unintentional act. And as we've previously talked about, if it's deliberate, you win the point. Talking during the the point can be a hindrance. It's also deliberate. It's not an accident when you say something. It's deliberate. So in our situation, the opponents claim there was a voice hindrance caused by either our player or her partner talking. And let me just throw this in. There is no such thing as a voice or a verbal hindrance. There's just a hindrance. I don't know why this bugs me when people call something a voice hindrance or a verbal hindrance. It's just a hindrance. Anyway, were the opponents in this case truly hindered? Our player tells us that her opponents claimed the hindrance after the point was finished and after they had lost the points. Was their hindrance claim timely? In other words, can they lose the point and then claim they were hindered and thus entitled to the point? I am sure you know the answer to this. Uh, no, <laughs> no. We know this because this is specifically addressed in the code. And actually, think about it. That doesn't make any sense. You lose the point, and then you get to claim you were hindered, and somehow you get the point. But we can look to the code. It's the unwritten rules of tennis, and it applies in nearly all unofficiated matches. And you can check the rules for your league or your tournament to be sure that the code applies. But I can tell you in the match we're talking about here, the one where I'm on the board for this league, the code definitely applies. So what does the code say about hindrances? In paragraph 33, it says a player who claims a hindrance must stop play as soon as possible. You can't wait until the point is over. This is me talking. And you certainly can't wait until after you've lost the point to claim a hindrance. If you've been hindered, then you're hindered. You can't play because something has happened that has hindered you 
or stopped you or interfered with you and keeps you from playing. You need to immediately stop play and call the hindrance. You can't keep playing to see if you end up winning the point or not. You need to stop as soon as you're hindered. So in our player situation, her opponents cannot claim a hindrance after the point is over because they obviously weren't hindered since they were able to play the point to completion. Were they bothered by our player or her partner talking? Maybe. Were they confused by the talking? Possibly. Were they hindered? No, because they were able to keep playing. If you're hindered, that means you are so interfered with that you cannot keep playing. Okay, so we know that. But here's the thing. By the time this player sat down to send me this email, the point was over. The match was over. And it sounds like her opponents improperly took the point because of their claim that the hindrance rule applied. I mean, it kind of sounds like her opponents bullied her and her teammate into giving them the point. And while any response I might give to this player and addressing her email would be helpful in a future match, which might be all this player really wanted, just to know what to do in the future. The time to know the answer to her hindrance question was as it was happening on court. Not several hours later when she had time to write me an email. Because it sounds like because she wasn't sure on the rule about hindrances, she gave up the point to her opponents. Opponents who adamantly but incorrectly claimed they had been hindered by a voice hindrance. It sounds like she gave them her point because they convinced her this was the rule. So you need to know the rules to prevent things like this from happening to you. Did this one point make the difference between winning and losing this match? I don't know, probably not. But if this player didn't know the hindrance rule, what other rules did she not know during the match? What other points did she improperly give away to her opponents? And how much did this hindrance claim stick in her head and bother her throughout the remainder of the match? Did she continue to lose points because she lost her focus due to this rules dispute? I mean, it obviously bothered her. She wrote me an email about it. All of this leads me to the most important point that I want to make here. When you know the rules of tennis, when you know the code, when you know the rules that apply to the tournament you're playing in or in the league you're playing in, you will feel so much more confident on court. You won't feel unsure about whether the rules have been properly applied in your match. You won't wonder if your opponent is trying to take advantage of your lack of knowledge. And you won't lose your focus going into the next point after you've had a rules dispute that you're not quite sure went the right way. Look, it's hard enough to maintain your focus during a tennis match without adding one more distraction. 
and a rules dispute can be a major distraction. So again, this is important. Learn your tennis rules. Don't give points away. Be the person on the court who knows what happens in these situations. Now, I know what you're thinking. What? I have to learn all of the tennis rules and all of the code, and I even have to learn the rules for my league? It's too much. But you're wrong. I went online to the USTA's website where I found Friend at Court, the USTA's publication that contains all of the rules of tennis, the code, regulations. It's packed, packed, packed with stuff. It's online. It's available to any player here in the United States. And I'm sure there's something similar for those of you in other countries. I'm going to include a link to the most recent version of Friend at Court in the show notes to this episode, which you can find at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips170. Now, while Friend at Court is over 200 pages long, it is filled with a lot of regulations and information on how to run tournaments and things you really don't need to know in a typical tennis match. What I did is I just printed out the tennis rules and the code, the parts that I needed, and that was only 22 pages long. That's 22 pages on eight and a half by 11 paper, one side in a very large font that I can easily read on court. That is all the rules and the code, anything you would need. That's it. Just 22 one-sided pages. I also printed out my league rules, which are just eight pages long. One side, eight and a half by 11, eight pages in a nice large font. So I got 30 pages, all the rules, the code, my league rules. I carry that around in my bag and I am ready when a rules dispute happens. And you should do the same thing. You can and you should print these rules out, read through them quickly. You don't have to study them. Just read them closely enough to know what's in there. When a rules dispute arises on your court, it is acceptable to say, hey, wait a minute. I have a copy of the rules in my bag. I want to get them out and look and make sure we're doing the right thing. You can do that. And you should do that. Again, doing this is completely worth it. Not only will you not be giving points away, you are going to feel a lot more confident about what is going on on court. Well, anyway, that is me on my soapbox about the rules. This is really important to my game that I be the one who knows the rules. And I think it should be important for you to believe me. Nobody claims a hindrance on any court I play on unless they do it correctly. And that's how it should be for you too. So that's it for this week's episode of Tennis Quick Tips. I hope that helps you. I hope you'll visit the show notes and get those tennis rules. Again, you can find them over at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips170. And I would love it if you would take a minute to leave your review of Tennis Quick Tips on iTunes. You can just go to tennisfixation.com slash iTunes. 
that'll take you to the tennis quick tips page or you can do a search on your whatever podcast app you listen in on you can find tennis quick tips I'm pretty sure anyway leaving a review helps the show become more easily discovered by like-minded awesome tennis players just like you and if you want to make sure you never miss an episode be sure and subscribe Thanks so much for listening, and as always, happy tennis.